Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today, I am continuing my look at Italian versus American weddings, and the funny and sometimes ridiculous situations that can come up when you're trying to plan an American wedding in Italy. This is the second part of a two-part mini-episode, so make sure you go back and listen to Bittersweet Life 112 to hear the first part of this episode. And this is actually part of a series I am doing on Italian weddings, a mini-series, so you can go even further back to Bittersweet Moment 111, if you haven't heard it already, where I talk about classic Italian wedding traditions from the previous century. Now, the reception of an Italian wedding is much longer than uh, an American one, but also the ceremony is generally a good deal longer. And in Italy, it's common for there to be a full Catholic mass at the wedding. So you're not just going in and having the actual wedding ceremony, you're having a mass. And I think, again, a lot of the American guests were not expecting that. So the reason they do this in Italy is so that the very first thing that the bride and groom do together once they're married is they take communion together. So if one of the, you know, either the bride or groom is not Catholic, then there cannot be communion. Uh, so I actually converted to Catholicism. And I'm not going to say I converted to Catholicism just so that we could have communion at my wedding. But I did. I had to go through my little catechism course before we were married. And so we did have a full mass, just like you would expect with all of the readings, uh, with the sermon and everything, all of the little rituals that happen during a Catholic mass. So it can be, you know, like an hour and a half, which is long. Hopefully my guests weren't bored. Sorry if you're listening, if you were there. And so so a wed- Italian wedding can be very long. It can literally be, if it's a morning wedding, it can last from about 10 a.m. to 1 or 2 in the morning. And even longer sometimes because some weddings will have a wedding breakfast before the ceremony, usually separate. Like the, gr- the groom's guests will be in a separate location from the bride's guests. We did not do that, obviously. (laughs) Our wedding was an afternoon wedding, so it was about from 4 p.m. until about midnight, so quite a bit shorter. Now, who pays for all of this, right? I mean, that's a lot of money. All of those hours, you know, you have the photographer for like 15 hours have the the you know the band for all of that time and not to mention all of the food and the, the the number of hours in the location well the one great thing about italian weddings is the guests pay for the wedding and i mean i really mean that literally in italian weddings you are expected to give very significant gifts and the sort of minimum gift and this is this is about 10, 12 years ago, it might be more now, but the minimum gift is considered is, you know, about 100 euros per person. So if you're a family of four, you're going to give, unless your children are babies and they don't eat, you're going to give 400 euros to the bride and groom. And this should almost cover the catering costs. It's probably not going to cover all the other costs of the wedding, but it will generally cover at least the cost of what each person is eating. And this is for regular guests. If you are a more important guest, if you are the sister or the brother of either of the the bride and groom, or if you are one of the quote-unquote bridesmaids, groomsmen, they don't call them that here. They call them witnesses. Uh, And they are technically witnesses. They sign the register. If you are one of those, then you give even more. It can be 
probably about 500 euros, your best man, minimum, your best man would give you. My sister-in-law, for example, who was not one of my bridesmaids, sorry, she gave us our wedding rings. She paid for our wedding rings. So just to give you an idea of, uh, of the, the size of the gifts. And if you go to a wedding in which the parents of the bride and groom paid for the majority of the wedding, especially if it was a very expensive wedding, you will see the, the, the gifts go to the, to the father of the bride. He will take the money and he will make sure that the wedding has been paid for. And then anything left over will go to the bride and groom for their honeymoon. That is traditionally how it happens. Probably more as the bride and grooms get older and they are paying for the more of the wedding themselves. It probably doesn't happen like that so much anymore. But I remember in the wedding I went to back in 2004, seeing the father of the bride and the father of the groom counting, literally counting money at the reception. (laughs) Because they just, people, their guests just hand you an envelope with cash inside. That's just how it works. Uh, So you leave the wedding with, I don't know, like $30,000 at the end of the night, depending on how many people were at your wedding. Now, what do the guests get in exchange for this? I mean, obviously they're getting a big party and they're getting a lot of food, but they also get party favors. This is another one of the sticking points that Claudio and I had when we were planning all wedding because I am against the party favors. To me, you know, you go to a wedding because you want to celebrate the marriage, you want to have a good time, you want to maybe eat some good food. You don't need a you don't need a dust collector in your house, right? Like I said in the previous episode about the confetti, the little bags of sugared almonds, it is the same thing. It is the same type of thing in the sense that Older Italian guests will save these and they will usually have a crystal display case in their home and they will have all of the little party favors that they got from all of their different weddings arranged there. I can't stand that kind of thing. I throw them away. I'm sorry. After weddings, unless it's like, you know, my best friend, I'll generally throw the party favor away with a few exceptions, because uh, they can be really expensive. The wedding I went to in 2004, all of the party favors... And I say party favorite. I mean, the, te- the technical term is bomboniera. The bomboniere were all Limoges. And, you know, it depended on, you know, the importance of the guest. I got a little Limoges candy dish. The brother of the bride who helped a lot with the wedding got, you know, some like a Limoges clock or something like that. Extremely expensive stuff. And, you know, if you have a wedding for 300 people, think about how much money you're spending just to give them a gift for having come to your wedding. I put my foot down. I said, I am not getting, we're not doing that. We can do the little bag of confetti. Okay, fine. But I made them. I, I bought the materials and made them because I didn't like the frou-frou-ness of the Italian ones. And I, and, I, and I actually went and I ordered a whole bunch of little pins that have an American flag and Italian flag. I don't know if you've ever seen those. And I pinned them to the little bag. And I said, that's going to be the bomboniera. That's going to be the, the little favor, the little, the little present for each gift. Well, my father-in-law did not agree. <laughs> and I said, okay, he wants to buy party favors for our guests. He can pay for it. I, I put my foot down. I said, we are not paying for this. And so he said he was important enough to him that he wanted to have the bomboniere. And so I found um, a compromise. And they actually ended up being really lovely. There's a little shop in Rome. And if you, if you live in Rome, you probably know it. It's called Polvere del Tempo. It's a beautiful little shop. The owner makes the most gorgeous little things. He makes them himself. He makes compasses. And um, he, he makes all sorts of really interesting little things. And so we bought these little compasses with um, our wedding symbol, 
and our initials on them, made out of wood, handmade compasses, and they actually ended up being quite nice. So, um, you know, thanks to my father-in-law for, uh, for contributing to that. The last thing I want to mention, and I'm sure there are many, many more, but um, the last thing that comes to mind is, as, as far as differences, practic- actually, no, there's two things. Sorry, I lied. One thing is, and in fact, I just got an invitation for my nephew's wedding next month in the United States. By the way, black envelope, black invitation, and they're beautiful. <laughs> but uh, they are going to be doing the wedding photos before the wedding. Now, I know some people do the sort of first look photo that's very common in Italy, in America. They don't do that in Italy, unless I guess you request it. We did not do it. But in some cases, in many cases, I think they do all of the all of the wedding photos before the wedding. In Italy, they don't do that. In Italy, you have the wedding. Obviously, the photographers are there during the wedding and while the bride is preparing, maybe while the groom is preparing. And then after the wedding, right after, uh, the bride and groom drive off to their wedding photography location. And generally, if it's a city like Rome, they're going to go to a place that's not too far from the church, but uh, that has some kind of very important monument. So they're going to go to St. Peter's Square, or they're going to go to the Circo Massimo, or they're going to go to the Colosseum. And they're going to take their wedding shots in front of a very important monument such as this. We got married on the Gianicolo Hill. So we did get a few shots on top of the Gianicolo Hill with the view of Rome behind us and the big Fontanone. But we also decided to take wedding photos right in the streets of Trastevere, where we first lived together, where we first started dating, and where we had our sort of first memories. And we both love Trastevere, especially me. And it, and it actually worked out perfectly. I think the photos ended up being beautiful. And also we were so close to the weddings, both the location of the ceremony and the reception. So we ended up being able to do it very quickly. I didn't want to miss any of my reception. I was so excited to celebrate with all my friends, especially my friends who'd come from the States, that I was like, let's get these photos done as soon as possible. But other weddings I've been to here in in Italy, you go to the wedding reception and the bride and groom show up after an hour (laughs) because it takes them so long to get their photos done. So that's another another difference. But the very last difference is that um, the friends of the bride will go to the bride's house or wherever she's getting ready. If it's at a hotel, they'll go there. Wherever the bride is getting ready, they will go there and they will wait outside in their cars until she leaves. And they will all wave and honk their horns and follow her, follow the car that she's in to the wedding reception. And then she'll stay in the car with her father and all of her guests will go in. I did not even know that this was a tradition. You know, and I told everybody, I said, of course, all of the Italian guests, they were the groom's guests. So they did not think to come to where I was, of course, because only the bride's guests generally will do this. So all of the Italians were at the church already. All of my friends, mostly Americans, they did not even know about this tradition. And it, it wasn't a problem to me because I didn't either. So everyone was at the church and I prefer it that way. I like, I prefer to make a big entrance uh, as opposed to waiting in the car for everyone to go in. But there were two exceptions. One was my hairdresser who was actually uh, someone I had known for many, many years. And the other was the girl who did my makeup, who was a close friend of my sister-in-law and who I had known for a while. After they finished fixing me up, they said, we're going to wait for you outside in the, in the parking lot and, and see you off. And I said, okay, you know, they weren't coming to the wedding, but I thought that was nice of them. And, uh, you know, when I left the uh, hotel with my father, 
these two people, the hairdresser and the makeup artist, were there waving at me. And I heard from them later, they thought it was so funny because they were, they were the only people there. They thought it was just so odd. They thought it would be full of all of my friends seeing me off, and it was just the two of them. So I thought, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Luckily, not a problem for me because I wasn't expecting a crowd. I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about the differences between Italian and American weddings and how I, at least personally, had to um, navigate melding these two types of weddings together. Make sure to listen next week when I will talk about ancient Roman wedding traditions. And some of them are really interesting. Join us again. Bye. Bye.